Hey everyone, Carrie Beck here with Homeschool Coffee Break, where we help you stop the overwhelm so you can take a coffee break during your homeschool. Let me just tell you, y'all are in for a treat today. Uh, Danielle is one of my friends, and we just have such like-mindedness as far as what we do in our homeschool and how we prepare our kids. I'm going to try it. Danielle Papa Giorgio. I said it wrong. Giorgio. You did it. Oh, okay. close enough. Papa Giorgio. <laughs> there you go. I know the problem, y'all, is her last name isn't printed here, so I can't even, it's like <laughs> saying it out of my mind. But anyway, Danielle, thanks so much for being here and just taking time out yeah. of your day. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Glad to be here. Um, yes, we are going to be talking about something called life schooling. And y'all may be going, well, what is that? Well, let me tell you, I think it applies to everyone, no matter how old your kids are, wherever you are. This is something that is so important for us. And we get so caught up in the academics of life. And I'm not saying get rid of the academics, but I'm going to have uh, asked Danielle to talk about what it is. And then we're going to give you some very practical tips on how you could use life schooling. Before we do that, Danielle, would you just uh, tell everyone a little bit about yourself? Sure. Well, I'm Danielle Papa Giorgio. I've been married for 24 years, going on 25 this May. And we have three kids. Our oldest is graduated. He's off married and doing doing all the stuff. He is 22. And then my daughter is 19. And then our youngest son is 12. So we've got this gap in there that makes things rather interesting. But um, we live in Rockwell, North Carolina, just outside Charlotte, and we've been homeschooling since the very beginning, life schooling. So we love it. That's so And so y'all, one thing I like about this podcast is we have people that are actually, they're not like just starting out, although that's a good perspective too. But Danielle has gone through it. She has a, a son who got married a month or so ago, and that was so exciting. And then she has a teenager and an almost teenager. She ha And she's done it from the beginning. So what she has to say today is stuff that you can really... Um, you can really listen to her and know what works or maybe hear some of the things that didn't work. We'll talk about those I've, as well. I've made all the mistakes, so anyway, Carrie. <laughs> I know. I'm always, always telling people, I'm going to tell you my mistakes so you can avoid my mistakes and do a better uh -huh. job than I did. So, yeah, anyway. It's true. So tell us, what is life schooling to you? Well, the little definition that I came up with several years ago is life schooling. I'm going to see if I can do it off the top of my head. I usually have to have it written down because for some reason I trip over it. But life schooling is the individualized process of discovering your child's God-given gifts and talents, primarily through real life experience that happens within the context of your family's unique situations and missions. I did it. <laughs> Yay. So that's. So that's what it is. And really, it's a very relaxed way of homeschooling and really just bringing in everyday life and looking for those gifts that our children have that God put there. Like they, God has designed each child for a special purpose, and he has a mission for each child. And in my way of thinking, like, let's get to that. Let's figure out what they're good at. And then let's encourage that and really sharpen those gifts rather than necessarily focusing in on on the things they're weak at, which I'm not saying 
we shouldn't sometimes address certain things, but we want to really hone in on their gifts and their talents because we want them to be confident in who the Lord created them to be. And we want to help them accomplish their mission in life and what God put in them to do to bring him glory because he gave them those gifts so that they could use them to bring him glory. So that's, that's kind of the fuller version of what that means. I think that's so good because it becomes individualized. The one thing I know I've talked to moms about and tried to encourage them is just because you think your child has this mission, especially as they get older, you need to allow them a conversation because sometimes, and I'm not saying all parents are like this, but you know, the, the dad who's a doctor and wants his son to be a doctor and that's his mission because that's it. Just because something is your calling and mission doesn't mean it's your children's and they are unique, just like you are unique. Mm -hmm. So I really love that perspective of looking at each child individually. Yeah, it's true. And, you know, I don't think that there's necessarily anything wrong with maybe exploring that that idea that maybe they have some of those same gifts because, you know, there are kids. They're from our genes. And our oldest, for example, my husband is in IT and he does computers. He's done that his whole, you know, ever since we got married and he's really good at it. And so I saw some things in our oldest son. That I'm like, I think he'd be very good at IT. I think he would love computers and coding if he learned that. And so I told him, you're going to learn this. And I, I'm not a big one for forced, you know, you must like to a degree, they have to learn math facts, things like that. But I like the idea of allowing them again, it's about pursuing their gifts and their passions. So I'm really big on that. But this was one thing I said, you're going to learn this. And so it's sort of outside the box for me. And he fought me on that. He did not want to learn coding. And I made him and that's what he's doing now. And he loves it. And he's like, thank you so much for forcing me to do this. So um, I just thought I'd throw that in there because sometimes um, when we see those things, like our role is to to guide them and not to force them, but to gently guide them and, and to help them see what they may not see, because often we don't see things in ourselves that, that others can. So, um, yeah, so it's important to also, it's, it's okay to maybe guide them that direction, but then be sensitive to the Holy spirit and discernment. If, if they're just, if they're not good at it, maybe that's not what God has for them. And if they so don't enjoy true. it. <laughs> Yeah, and that's that is so true. When you're talking about the IT and making them learn it, it made me think of my kids. One of the things I forced all my children to do is learn how to write a thank you note because that mm, is part of life. Let's be honest, we need yep. to be grateful. Yeah. It's a it's a lost art to some degree. And they complain pretty like we're recording this in December, even though y'all are listening to this at the beginning of the year. But they would complain every Christmas time. But all three of them as adults did just what your son did. They said, mom, thank you so much. And I have watched them as adults write handwritten thank you notes. Even my son has a stack of cards and he will send thank you notes all the time. So you don't want to force yeah, them, but there important. is a time to pay attention to that. So, right, okay, exactly. So when we're talking about life schooling, what is the difference between that and unschooling? Because and people, I like your definition, but people have all these ideas of unschooling and they may just throw this into right. that. How would you separate that? Right. Well, you know, they're very similar. And I will be the first to admit that I definitely lean more towards 
that concept of unschooling. We're very loose, very relaxed. But to me, the difference is unschooling was really founded on this idea that the child knows best. And it was a very um, more of a radical kind of kind of thing, like just let the child do what they want to do. And and so there's a difference in in underlying philosophy, I would say. Um, again, I, I am all for finding their gifts and letting them pursue their passions. My youngest, for example, is very entrepreneurial. So right now I'm kind of, um, I'm letting him focus more on that than, than other things. I mean, I'll be honest, he's, he's behind in math and it's not because he's not very intelligent and smart. It's just because we have let him do some other things. So he, um, so he's starting to buy and sell Lego sets on eBay and, and other places, Facebook marketplace. And he just has a real knack. He's a natural born entrepreneur. And so I want to give him that opportunity to kind of pursue that. And um, there's so much learning. There's so much education that is involved with these types of things. And that's what I'm talking about with the whole concept of life schooling is that, um, yes, we, we let them do these things. It, it can seem kind of unschooling, but the education is there. And then when you see those things start to happen, like, for example, with um, selling on eBay, he's going to have to write a description, a descriptive paragraph. Like we could take him through English class and say, in this unit, we're going to write a descriptive paragraph. Or we could just let that happen with real life kind of learning and the things that he loves to do. He's not going to have to be forced to write a descriptive paragraph to sell on eBay because there is a reward in the end. He gets to make money. He sees the value. And, and that's another thing I want to emphasize. When learning has a, um, when it seems to have a reason in the end, like there's a purpose to it, then children are going to be much more open to it. They're going to understand, oh, this is why I'm learning how to write a descriptive paragraph because I can buy and sell on eBay and make money. You know, there's an end goal there. There's a reward. And so it just, it's so much easier. The other day he came to me, it was like eight o'clock at night. He should have been getting ready for bed. And he's like, I want to sell this, this thing on eBay. And my first thought was you should be getting ready for bed. <laughs> like now's not the time. And then I thought we didn't get as much school done today as I wanted to. And he's coming to me. He's asking to do something that is so full of learning potential. Why not? So I just set aside what I was doing. I was like, okay, so let's get on here. Let me show you some things. Let's watch some videos. What are some best practices, some marketing tips that they give on eBay? It's all right there. Like you don't have to pay for a curriculum. Um, they have those videos. So he watched a few and then we went through, you know, how to set up the listing and there was some math involved. We looked at some other listings and one of them was like a listing for, I think 31 different Lego sets to, to buy. So we were doing a little bit of comparison, like what should you sell yours for? And we came across that listing. I'm like, oh my goodness, it's like $2,400 for all these sets. Yeah, I was like, wow. It's a little beyond your budget for buying and selling. But I said, you know, that's something to think about for the future. And what would that be? How, how much would each set cost if we broke it down? What do you have to do? Add, subtract, multiply, or divide? So he's like, well, divide. 
So then I was like, okay, what's the problem look like? We wrote out the problem. It's a long division. He's not a fan of long division. What child is, right? Most, most are not. And, and so I'm like, well, do the problem. You got to figure it out. And he kind of stressed for a minute, not like he would have if I gave him a workbook of problems because he wanted to know the answer. So he's like, okay, okay, well, what would I do? And then funny end to the story. He just went and asked his dad and his dad did it on the calculator. <laughs> so maybe that was a fail for that time. But, but you know, it's, it's really not because these are tools too that they need to learn to use. And he understands the concept. So he went and he figured it out. And then we had to write the description. Now, here's something probably a lot of moms are really averse to is AI. Let me just tell you, it's everywhere now, right? And again, we don't want to teach our kids to de be dependent on some of these tools, but they are tools and they are in the real world and they're going to have to know how to use them. So I was like, well, let's, let's see what AI description they'll come up with on here. So we click the button and boom, it puts in this whole description for him. And then we went through and we looked at it. Does this sound good? You know, look at this, look at that. And why don't we add a little bit more about um, something personal? So we did that. I won't let him use AI every time, but, but that's just something I thought I'd toss in there, something to consider because it is part of our world now. But the point is we were doing all of this at eight o'clock at night. We spent probably 30 or 45 minutes. He was doing math willingly at eight, eight o'clock at night, like what, how else can you get your kids to be that interested in doing math? Well, again, you find what their gifts and their passions are and these things will come into play. So if they have the basics, you spend time doing that or you use that as a jumping off point for learning those basic things and it all works together. I mean, I can't tell you the number of things I did wrong according to the standard way of doing things with my older kids but my son my oldest son I'm just so proud of him like he has a really good paying job right out of high school and he didn't even go to college and he's working from home every day with he and his wife work for the same company they work from home together and it's just so sweet like it works out we just have to trust the Lord in these things and you know just really Lean into what your kids love to do. So that was a that long answer. So, <laughs> no, but it is, there's so much in there. And I was just like, if you were telling those stories, like, oh, I have a story like that. I go, oh my gosh. Uh -huh. And then other things. But yeah, what the overall thought when I first thought about was that what you were saying, I hope is in encouraging our moms to think outside the box. I always say hop off that conveyor belt. You grew yeah. up thinking this was school or this was education. And what Danielle's saying here is helping you hopefully go, you know what? There is more to education than a math textbook or yeah. even science book or a video or whatever you're using. It does not have to be a curriculum to be able for your kids to be educated. In fact, what she just said, and I love the story with your son. I mean, I have a son just like, my son is like that because I like one son. Um, and his <laughs> sisters would say everything he did turned to gold. He was so into the buy, sell, <laughs> eBay. I can tell you stories, but yeah. So that's what but the other thing I really also want to say to people that are concerned about the AI chat GPT or whatever you want to 
to me, compare it like a calculator. Let's yeah. be honest. Your child is going to use a calculator because I use a calculator. Do mm -hmm. they know how to use it properly? Like he had to figure out, am I going to use a calculator and subtract, multiply, divide? What numbers do right. I need to use? If you don't know how to do that, then you can't even use your calculator. Same with, to me, it's like AI. AI is a tool like a calculator. We don't want to be like, I'm not going to just copy and paste whatever comes up, but it's yeah. a foundation for us to improve and make it our own. So I appreciate exactly. you saying that as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, and again, it's just, it's in our world. So we've got to be familiar with this. I saw a question on um, Instagram. I think it was one that HSLDA posted about, do you use AI in your homeschool? And I just snickered because all the moms are like, no, never. <laughs> and I, I made a comment, like, um, I think it was about calculators, maybe, you know, that I'm sure mom said the same thing when calculators came out. So we just, we need to not be so um, it, boy, I don't want to use a too strong a word, but it's kind of naive, I guess. Um, yeah. we have to just, we have to be willing to learn about the new things that are coming down the pipe because we, we need to be on top of that. But, but yeah, yeah, it's important. <laughs> it really is. So if someone is taking this life school approach, which is more of a relaxed using life to educate their kids. So I know some moms, especially these type A people, or even the ones that are opposite, how do they're like, how would I plan and sketch this? And obviously you're telling the story that y'all were homeschooling at eight o'clock at night, if we're really honest, because I personally mm -hmm. think all education is homeschooling, but um, yep. what, what would you um, recommend as far as planning and scheduling? You know, that is such a, a tricky thing for me. I will be perfectly transparent and honest. It has always been hard for me to schedule and plan. And I really struggled to find anything that worked for me because everything I looked at as far as a planner was so detailed and I would try to use it and I want to fill like every box and every line and like try to make myself that type A person, which I am not. And I would just become overwhelmed. I don't know if I just am easily overwhelmed or what, but, but I struggle with that sort of thing. I struggle with planning. I struggle with scheduling. So I finally had to come up with something that would work for me. That would be a much um, looser type of a plan, but yet get a picture for the big vision. Because again, it goes back to who is this child? like what did God put into this particular child? It needs to be an individualized education. It needs to be life schooling, you know, that whole definition of it being indiv individualized to the child. And so I don't feel like any old planner can work for that. Um, we're in this mindset with education that every child needs to learn this, 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 and this, you know, it's like, and we're pumping them through so that they can be ready for high school, so that they can be ready for college. And then it's like, but are they ready for life? Are they really ready for, again, what God's put into them? And so many kids get to high school and to their senior, junior, senior years, and they don't even know who they are. They don't know what God put in them to do. They don't know what to major in even. And I feel like that could really be mitigated if parents were looking earlier to see what their gifts were and let letting them 
pursue those. And so the planner that I came up with is called the vision planner. And it's really focused more on that, like getting a vision for who this child is, what has God put into them, and how can we start to nurture those gifts now? And it doesn't mean that you have to know when they're in fifth or sixth grade, well, this is the path for this child, and we're going to push them off on this path. Um, It's funny, because just this morning, I was having a conversation with my daughter, who's 19, and she's um, she's struggled with Lyme disease. That's a whole other topic in itself, how you homeschool with somebody who really can't do much of anything. She spent years just in bed. Um, but we were talking and the Lord has gifted her in a lot of different ways, like just really gifted her with acting and writing. She's written a novel. She's um, done artwork. She's an incredible artist. And she was like, I don't get any, like, I don't, I don't know that I want to do any of those things because it's just like, there's so many things I could do, but I just want to be a wife and a mom. Like, well, that's a really noble thing, Elena. Um, And so we talked through it and I finally realized it's because she had this feeling that she has to pick one thing and do it. She's like, I'll get bored. Like if I just do my art, I can't, she said, if you said I have to do art for the rest of my life, it gives me like a panic attack. I don't want to do that. I said, well, like God's given you a lot of gifts. You can spend a season pursuing your art and then spend a season pursuing writing or acting. Like, why not? And so I think when when we look at our children too, we need to remember that there may be, I mean, probably is more than one gift. So don't get too tied down to they need to do this and pursue this because here's a gift that I see. Um, these are these are times when they're young where they can pursue things and they may get to the end of it and be like, well, I don't like that. And you feel like they're frivolous and they're jumping around. What better time to do that than when they're children? Because they don't have the responsibilities where so many people graduate and they go off and they start a career and they hate it. And then you want to have them jump around at that point in life and try different things. That's not the time. So let them pursue different things. Um, so in, and I know I'm rabbit trailing here, but it, it all goes back to this idea of, of their gifts and letting them pursue them and planning. So in, in this vision planner, you can use it from year to year. And this year it might be art for that child. And next year it might be writing. So each year you want to kind of reevaluate where are they now? And how did this work out? How did this particular path work out for them? Do they want to keep going down this and have conversations with them? That's another thing that's really on my heart about education and and how we homeschool. I think so many moms and and dads have this idea, again, going back to what you're saying, Carrie, about, well, they need to be a doctor because I'm a doctor. Mm -hmm. Um, We need to be very careful that we ask our kids what they want to do, what they're interested in, because it's their education, ultimately. We need to be respectful of that. One of the things that has really helped me is to remember that they're not just my children, they're my brothers and sisters in Christ. And that elevates them and their opinions to a different place when we realize they have the same Holy Spirit. Maybe the Lord is telling them something that we're not hearing because we are so set on this is how education is done. This is the way you need to go. 
we need to be very, we need to be including them when we plan the school year. We need to ask them their opinion. Doesn't mean we have to always take it, but we need to respect our children enough to listen to them and to say, hey, I was wrong. I've been pushing you in this direction or I haven't really been allowing you to pursue your gifts at all. We've just been doing the curriculum, the box curriculum, because that's what I thought was the right thing. And now I want to really just apologize to you. And I want to listen to your opinion and find out what do you enjoy doing? So I think that goes a long way. Um, and I'm going to rabbit trail real quick again. But one thing that I, I always wanted to be careful to do with my kids was to be able to say, I was wrong. I'm sorry. That is a huge, huge thing as a parent, because so often our kids don't feel like they feel like we think we can't mess up and be wrong. It's a humbling thing. And I think one of the things is it, it makes us hurt to think that we've done something wrong to our kids that we haven't parented perfectly. So we feel like, well, if we just don't talk about that and just push through and yeah, we'll change directions, but just don't address that, you know, don't, don't look over here to all the things we did wrong. We just need to be real. And I've had times that break my heart where I've had to say, you know what? I did not pay you enough attention during these years of your life. Cause I was busy off over here doing stuff that I thought God called me to. I mean, I've had to really own up to that and repent for that. And it has done wonders, particularly with Elena to our relationship. So that's a free tidbit. <laughs> well, I don't think that's a rabbit trail. Part of me is like, if you don't walk away with anything else, think, be humble enough to tell your kids that you've um, done something wrong. When we first had kids, my husband, Steve said, we will apologize when we do something wrong, because we grew up in a generation, when our parents thought they did everything right, it just wasn't spoken, you know, and right, I think it right. is, it's what a relationship builder thing that is so, so, so important. Yes, I also love the idea of thinking that they are brothers and sisters in Christ. Uh, two days ago, my little six-year-old granddaughter was baptized, and so was Aww. the pastor, and then her mom and dad were up there, and her dad was the one that was going to actually baptize, but the pastor was asking her a few questions, and then he said, and the other privilege is, you, Elizabeth, you are our brother and sister, and here is this 50-year-old man telling this six-year-old. And that just really, I think, gives us a different perspective. Yes, we are responsible. Yeah. God gives us that responsibility to raise them, but it can give us a different perspective. And you can start mm -hmm. even when they're six years old, having, yeah. you know, reminding them and having that attitude. So absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So well, it sounds like you, I mean, you've shared a few stories, especially like with Elena, as far as, you know, building those relationships. Is there anything else that you would say was really important, especially with your older two that you did um, in raising them? Yeah, I mean, I think that that was one of the biggest things is just being humble and saying, I'm sorry, repenting and and just being real with them and honest. Um and I think the other thing was, again, it goes back to the idea of life schooling and being a real, really focused on their gifts and also just the bigger picture of why are we here? 
we're here to live this life to bring glory to God. And part of that is being missions minded, being focused on others. And so as a family, we uh, really got heavily involved with pro-life work. We used to go down to the local abortion center together with a ministry called Cities for Life, which is now Love Life. And a lot of um, people may have heard of that. It's become a nationwide ministry. What well, was birthed here in Charlotte. And so we were a part of that before it became all of that. And it was, and it's such a privilege and, and just so um, amazing to see what God has done with that. But we went every week and we called out to the moms and it is not for the faint hearted, but I think it really, um, it gave my kids an eternal perspective. It showed them the reality of sin and that it's not glamorous. Like it's painted on TV and other stuff. Like there's real consequences to people making certain decisions. And so that was a big part of our homeschooling was really being focused on, on ministry and that was a, a day every week, every Friday we would go. And a lot of moms I know don't feel like they have time to do any kind of ministry. Obviously, there's so many different ministries. You wouldn't have to do something as intense as that. But I think just looking even in church, what can you get your kids involved with at church? Because you want when they're young, you want to train them to understand that they are part of the church body. And that we go to church to serve others and to um, to minister, not just to be ministered to. So with Corbin, my youngest, we serve every month, like once a month on the welcome committee. And we just stand at the back and hand out bulletins. It's really simple and um, not nearly as intense as pro-life work, but it's good. You know, it's he's welcoming people and he's learning to step outside of himself. I think we think a lot of times, again, this goes back to the life schooling idea. That's education right there. We think so often we have to have a class or a co-op or something structured like that, where it's the end goal is to be educated in whatever area. But these things happen so naturally. There's public speaking, you know, when he's, he's standing there handing things, he's, uh, the bulletins. He's looking people in the eye. He's welcoming them. It's such a simple thing, but it builds a confidence and it, it teaches them in a very natural sort of way. So, so yeah, I would say ministry and, and just building that relationship. And I want to just share our, our theme verse for our, our life schooling was Matthew six thirty three. seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It's such an important thing to remember because, again, we get so caught up in thinking they have to learn this, they have to do this, they have to be at grade level in all of these areas. And in some states, it, there's a lot more pressure that way. Um, but I just want to remind you all who are watching of what Scripture says. You seek the Lord first. He'll work all of that out. And I've seen that over and over again in our home as we've put God first, as we've put the relationships in our home first. We've had to do a lot of that with chronic illnesses and things. Um, some things don't get done, but God gave us smart kids, so they pick it up, you know, um, wherever you are, whatever he's given you, He he's given you what you need and he will fulfill it if you seek him first. And that is a faith walk. We walk by faith, not by sight. 
it does take faith sometimes to say, we're going to scrap the math lesson because you're exhausted and you're having meltdowns. It's more important that you love that child, build that relationship and get back to the math later when they're in a better place mentally and won't feel like an absolute failure because they can't do it. And, you know, it, it, it does work out. I'm what, 46 years old, and I still don't know my multiplication facts very well. <laughs> and I'm fine. And I went to school. I went to a good Christian school, actually. And somehow that still happened. But, you know, I, I've got a calculator, right? Like, I've got other people around me that will remind me what seven times eight is or whatever. <laughs> Some of us just struggle, you know? <laughs> okay, so my little daughter... Um... By seventh grade, I had bought everything I could find to learn those times <laughs> tables because I am convinced that if she had been in school, I don't think she, I don't know if they would have passed her or what. She could not. So we did not do math for a whole semester, like formal wow. math. And uh -huh. then, and whenever it was in the seventh or first of eighth grade, I was like, okay, we're starting all over. Here's your times table. Use it anytime you want. By algebra, she knew all her times tables, and then she helped tutor her friends in math. Now, she still does not like it wow. at all, and she probably doesn't know her times tables right now. She's 33, 30, <laughs> yeah, 33. Well, you forget but, them if you don't use them all the time. <laughs> well, yeah, and she's like, she's got this thing, and she uses it for her calculator, so. Yeah, but yeah. I do want to. you know what? I bet she loves Jesus, you know? Oh, that was like, the thing. That's the because thing. I love what you're saying. I love your verse, Matthew 6, 33. I'm always telling academics are very important, but they should not be the most important thing that we do. It's the relationships first with God and then with our family and then reaching out. And you just beautifully yeah. explain that because you're looking and seeking him first. Then we're building those relationships as a family and then also reaching out in ministry. And when you first said church, my very first thought was greeting because I'm like, even a four-year-old can stand there at the door yep. and pass things out or hold the door open and yeah. that and then my nine-year-old granddaughter every other week because they're there for two services because their mom's in charge of the children's department every other week she gets to go in the two or three-year-old class and help take and all That's she's great. doing is going in and playing with them there are just so many opportunities that we can take their eyes off of themselves and on to other people. Yeah, Seek ye first exactly. the kingdom of God. So important. Okay, mm -hmm. so before we're going to close, but just tell me, is there anything you wish you had done differently? Oh boy, scheduling better. That would be one thing. And really, when I say scheduling, I mean more documenting probably than scheduling. Because again, I'm just, I'm not a type A type of person. And I did have that long-term big vision for the kids that, that um, you know, we tried to, to stick with, with the vision planner and such. But I think the documenting part was always very hard for me. Um, when Connor got to high school, I was like, oh my goodness, a transcript. Like, how do I? Because <laughs> I don't know what he's done. So we, I just made a spreadsheet and I put every single item in there that he had done. Like every book he had read, every audio book. I just put it all in there. And it was amazing. I'm like, wow, you've done British literature because you've read like Tale of Two Cities and all these books for fun, by the way. Um we think that we have to force some of this stuff, but again, you let them 
sample different things and, and they'll find the stuff they enjoy reading and you can make it count for something. So that's what I did. I put it in a spreadsheet and then I could better see what each thing was and kind of divide it into different subject areas. But that being said, I never really finished it. <laughs> and he still has a great job. He's fine. So I often tell people like, I'm here to show you that you can homeschool because if I can do it, anybody can. Um, you know, God talks about he uses the weak to confound the mighty. And I feel like I am that weak homeschool I'm the weak homeschooling. <laughs> I'm just like, I, I, there's so many things that I have not done very well, but the Lord knows who we are. He's, I was thinking yesterday about Moses because I was having kind of one of those days where I was feeling a bit discouraged about some things like this and just, um, just, I, I just forget a lot and I'm just not organized, but the Lord reminded me of Moses. And when Moses said, Lord, I can't do this, what you've called me to do. I can't go in front of Pharaoh. Like I stutter. I don't know if he stuttered, but it sounds like he probably stuttered or just, he said, I'm not good with, with words. And still, this is Moses. And we look at Moses as one of the greatest Bible characters that there is. And we don't know if we heard him talk, we would be like, probably, oh, wow, <laughs> God used him. And so I feel like if for the moms that are struggling, I really do feel like I'm somebody that you can look to for encouragement that if I can do it, you can for sure because I'm just so weak at a lot of these things and the Lord still chooses to use me and somehow give me a platform to encourage other moms. Um, so yeah, I think documenting is important and I did create that spreadsheet, even if I didn't use it as faithfully as I should have. Um, it's in the works as being something I'm going to offer to the rest of you who are like me and struggle because it is a helpful way of doing things, especially if you're more on the unschooly, life schooly side of things. That is so encouraging. And let me just tell y'all that Danielle is who she is. She is real and transparent. And just as I've gotten to know her over the last year, you are going to hear both. Yes, she's told you some stories about her son who wants to sell on eBay, but then says, you know, wasn't very good at planning. And you know, I know I did some things that, I mean, we're, we're not even going down there, but you know, we, we all make mistakes and that's why God has people go before you so you can learn. Yeah. And the other verse I was thinking of is um, God's power works best in our weakness or it's perfected. Yes. But the, uh, NLT says God's power works best in our weakness. Hmm. And so he just shines so much greater in our weakness. Yes. And then he gets all the glory and everything. So exactly. thank you for sharing that. Yeah, so exactly. Good. God definitely gets all the glory. <laughs> I know. So I've got a couple of resources um, that I'm sure some people would love to get their hands on because they'd like to dive into this a little bit more. Can you tell people a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I read, as I have referred to several times, the vision planner, the life schooling vision planner is kind of like the central product that I have to offer because it is so helpful if you are not a natural born planner and you're more like me, you want to do things more in a relaxed manner. Um, again, it just helps you to get a vision for not just for your children, but for your family and for you. Because I think a lot of times we pour ourselves so much into 
what we're doing with our families that we forget God's put gifts into us too. And that can, our children can be a part of that. My kids have helped a lot with this ministry, um, particularly when I was doing the conference. I, Lord willing, I'd like to get back to doing that, but life hasn't allowed that. But the last time we did one, it was online and my son being techie helped a lot with that. So this planner will just help help you to get a vision for your entire family, including you, and to really revisit that every year and see where your kids are. So I would highly, highly recommend that. Um, there's also a package that I sell that includes the vision planner, as well as a journal um, called the Who Is This Child Journal. Now, I will say that I'm going to be offering that as a little freebie that you can get Um so, but it includes that. If you get the, the uh, life schooling launch kit, it includes that. And it also includes a set of videos that we've done, the past life schooling conference videos and the um, how to start life schooling ebook. So there's a few other resources there. Those are kind of my main products, um, but definitely I recommend that vision planner, like I said, because it'll just help you to sort of get a handle on how to do schooling in a relaxed way. That is so cool. And wherever y'all are listening, there should be show notes and you can get the links to where the vision planner is and the bundle is. I also know, Danielle, you're on um, Facebook as well with some groups that they mm -hmm. could join just to get to know you and we could put those on. Is that correct? Yes. Yes. We have a little life schooling uh, group on Facebook and it's pretty active and it's been fun to get to know people there and just really to see what other people are doing. And you can ask questions there because there's a lot of, it's it's kind of tricky to figure out sometimes, like how, how do I do this? Somebody asked the other day about high school, how do I do a transcript when we've done things in this more relaxed kind of manner? So it's a great place just to be able to ask questions like that with people that aren't gonna be like, <laughs> what kind of schooling are you doing? <laughs> so, so true. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything that you'd like to say before we completely close? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think I've said what I need to say. I just want to really encourage moms to just lean into who God created you to be and, and your weaknesses. Because like you said, Carrie, in our weaknesses, that's when the Lord shines. That's when God shows up. And you don't have to be everything. God doesn't expect you to be able to do it all. He doesn't want you to. He wants you to lean on him and just let him shine through what you're doing with homeschooling your kids every day. Well, thank you so much, Danielle. And we just, I uh, hope y'all will go and click on some of the links below and grab some of those resources and get the helps that you need. Um, anyway, you, I am Carrie, Carrie Beck. Oh, well, you're welcome. I'm just so glad just listening to you. I'm like, oh my gosh, so like-minded. I mean, some of the vocabulary may be different because I'm always talking about hopping off the conveyor belt, you know, and, yeah. you know, little things, yeah. but our hearts are so similar to follow what God is calling you to do. And I just think yeah. that is so important. And Danielle's a yes. great resource and a great encouragement for you moms. So go check her out at the link set or wherever you're listening to this. So all right, I am Carrie Beck with Homeschool Coffee Break, and we'll talk to you next time.